It was a dark night. It was a long night on the Sea of Galilee, and the waves were crashing, and the wind was howling, and the experienced fishermen, even they, were scared to death of the situation. To a Jew, the sea is the abyss, it's the deep, it is the place where the demonic realm lives, it is the ocean and depth of fear. And as it began to lap into the boat and they began to get drenched in the water, they were afraid and they woke Jesus up and they said, don't you care? They were scared, scared. Interestingly enough, fear came in after one of their greatest accomplishments of feeding 5,000 feeding 5,000, but yet in a storm as they're crossing the lake, they become scared. And Jesus turns to them and says, why? Why are you afraid? And Mark tells us in Mark 6.52 that they did not understand the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand the bread. What he's making reference to is the feeding of the 5,000. You know, even as you are with Jesus, even as you grow in the Lord, and even as you have great accomplishments, I want you to know that typically attacks come right after your greatest accomplishments. To challenge you to a next level, level of faith. Here it is, in the night, they're scared. Jesus calms the storm and the sea, and then they begin to realize, who is this man in the boat with us? But he said, your hearts are hardened with unbelief. You don't understand about the loaves. Uh, I don't know how many of you remember what happened at the loaves and fishes. Do you remember how many people they fed? Does anybody remember that? All right. My congregation here said 5,000. 5,000. Yeah, that's right. Now, fast forward to those same men that were scared to death in that boat, not fully comprehending who Jesus was and the power that they were, in fact, as well anointed to have. But this is after the resurrection now, and in Acts chapter 4, we find them out in the streets preaching and declaring with a holy boldness the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something changed in these men. And as they're preaching out in the streets of Jerusalem with a holy boldness, they're proclaiming publicly who Jesus is and that there's no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. And it says that the priests and the Sadducees and the temple guard arrested them. And why were they arrested? It says in Acts 4, verses 3 through 4, they were arrested because the number of men who came to Christ was 5,000. same guys who didn't discern the feeding of the 5,000 now got it. They fed the 5,000 the bread of life. Now they were preaching the gospel. They began to understand what God was doing. 5,000 saved. Now what's interesting about this and what I want to speak to you about being holy bold, it's time for us as a people to be holy bold. Some of you didn't understand about what God did in your life in the past, what was achieved and what was accomplished, much like the apostles. But once you have the power and indwelling influence of the Holy Spirit, you can preach. And what God did for you in the past will become illuminated and you'll begin to realize that's the reason I went to school. That's the reason I went through what I went through. That's the reason I had this situation or this problem. And now you're going to redeem it for the purposes of God. 
What you didn't understand will now be comprehended, and you'll have a holy boldness. Well, they told Peter and John, you can't preach that name anymore. You stop it, because you're causing trouble. And immediately, this is what they reasoned out. They said in verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. <laughs> How about that? They told Peter and John, stop preaching. Peter and John said, I don't think so. <laughs> once locked behind an upper room door, they burst out once they got filled with the Spirit. And a spirit of boldness came on them, a holy boldness. Holy boldness. And when everybody witnessed this, they saw the boldness on them, in them, through them. And it says they were perceived as uneducated common men. Now, many people have used this verse to say, see, these guys are fishermen. They're, they're, they're not too bright, not educated. What that re verse refers to is uneducated in the sense of rabbinic scholarship. They had not attended the rabbinic schools. It doesn't mean that they were illiterate and ignorant men. Fishermen, especially Peter, James, and John, owned their own business in Capernaum, and which was a, a very uh, influential city fishing port to where they most assuredly spoke Aramaic and Greek and probably Hebrew as they understood scriptures. But they didn't have formal rabbinic training. That's what they're astonished at. How do these men understand Isaiah, Old Testament scriptures, Daniel, and so forth, and they're just common people. Doesn't mean they're stupid. But at the same time, it does mean that for you and I to have a holy boldness, we don't have to go to seminary, we don't have to go to theological studies. We, as average people filled with the Spirit of God, can have a knowledge in the Spirit of who Jesus is and what He wants to accomplish in the world. We're no different than Peter, James, and John. We have the same Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And here's the key. They were so astonished from their boldness. And so what they're pointing out is it wasn't the educational process of their verbiage, of their explanations, of their oratory examples. They said they had been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? Have you spent some time in prayer with him? Have you been burdened by his heart? Do you understand his compassion for the lost? Do you understand the Lord's love? Because you can't give it out unless you've already received it and know it. You've got to own it for yourself. Do you understand the Lord's discernment? Well, I have the Holy Spirit in me and I know the compassion of Christ. Therefore, there should be a holy bold on every one of us. And this is the hour for a holy boldness. God is calling his people to a holy, holy boldness. Now it says in Acts 4.31, they went out, told them to stop preaching. Guess where they found him? Right back in the temple preaching. Arrested him again. Said, why are you doing this? An angel of the Lord took them out of the prison. And they went right back. The Spirit of God said, go right back to the temple and preach. Now that's a holy boldness. That is a holy boldness. They got their orders from the Lord. 
Now, when I say a holy boldness, I'm not talking about a foolishness. I'm not talking about uh, just uh, uh, being brash and loud and so forth. I'm talking about moving under the unction of God's Holy Spirit. In fact, that's what they said in Acts 4.31. It said this, and when they had prayed, you see, they came back out of prison, escaped by an angel. They come back to pray, and the saints of God prayed this prayer. Let me uh, read it to you. It's a, it's a beautiful prayer in Acts chapter 4, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe you could adopt this and I could adopt this over my life. The believers pray for boldness. Huh? How about that? Arrested, they're out in the streets preaching, they're seen for their boldness, they said and ordered not to preach the name of Jesus, they go right back out preaching, and this is what they pray. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported to what the chief priests and the elders said to them. Acts 4.24, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, by the Holy Spirit said, Why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So they go to scripture in their prayers to prophesy of what was expected of the nations to come against the message. Do you think it's any different today? For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, Gentiles, and Israel. So what he's saying in this prayer is he's saying there were rulers and authorities, political leadership, governors, presidents, political authority against the church and against the anointed of God. There were the Gentiles who know nothing of him and even the Jews, his own people, who plotted against him to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. This is why we have boldness. Because there's nothing outside of the realm of God's sovereignty. You understand that even when you are being persecuted and even when things are coming against you, God has you there for a reason and for a purpose. You can have a holy boldness even when those are coming against you. Let's go on. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. In other words, I'm not going to stop because there's a manifestation. Even though there is a pushback, there is a persecution, those who are coming against our boldness are telling us to shut up, to be quiet, to stop. They're arresting us. They're saying no But we will not stop because we see the hand of God manifest in the boldness of preaching. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. With boldness. That's what I'm talking about. Holy boldness. Now there were two things that they had. They were filled with the Spirit, and they spoke the Word. These two things belong to God. Filled with His Spirit, 
speaking his word. What do we have to contribute to it? To be a vessel that's bold. Consider your will is the only thing that can stop the purposes of God in a situation. That you don't have the will, in fact the boldness, that what the Spirit of God is laying on your heart and the Word of God in your mouth, if you wouldn't speak it. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, the enemy is trying to stop, and if he can intimidate you from speaking, the, the Spirit doesn't move and the Word doesn't flow. Like Peter and John, we need a holy boldness. And it is the hour that we need to be bold. How many of you know that people are speaking their opinions about our governor? People are speaking their opinions about the president? People are speaking their opinions about corona? People are speaking their opinions about grocery stores? Speaking opinions about other people? Everybody's bold. How many of you have been waiting in line at a restaurant, right? And then the one guy comes up. This always cracks me up. Uh, where was I? Uh, Chipotle. Put in an order for Chipotle. You're around there with masks, about 30 people, because they're 30 minutes behind their orders. And it always cracks me up that there's one guy that shows up and wants to be the comedian. He, he's new to the crowd, so he comes in and he makes a wisecrack. Boy, you think they'd do this a little better. Look at, dude, we've been here 30 minutes. We don't need you to, you know. And he wants to be the leader of the crowd and make some jabs and make some jokes. He's got a boldness, but it's not holy. Where's the holy boldness in the saints of God? You've got information and knowledge that this world needs so that they don't spend an eternity in hell. But we don't walk into the situation with any kind of boldness or comfort or word. I'm not telling you to go to Chipotle and start preaching. I'm just using the point. There's always somebody that's got the boldness to speak out and to say something. So where's the church? Where's the holy bold? He said two things were in them. The Holy Spirit filled them and the word of God was in them. Right? You put a Mentos in a Pepsi bottle and what happens? Boosh. You put the spirit in a believer, what should happen? Foosh. Fills up and pours out. We need holy boldness in this hour. Don't let anybody stop you. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. The problems for holy boldness. As you're holy and bold because you are filled with the spirit. What is it? What good is it to have Pentecostal churches if we're not holy bold? What good is it to be filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, praying, prophesying, believing the Word of God, but doing nothing outside of this church? You can't even get in this church, so you should be doing something. We're filled with the Spirit. We need to be holy bold. Now, here's the problems with holy boldness. There's two of them, basically. Number one, you will be viewed as someone who is opinionated. Don't put your opinions on me. Don't put your, your belief system on me. Why? Everybody does it all day long. Everybody's got an opinion. But if you don't agree with theirs, they're offended. We can't have a difference of opinion. But there is a difference between boldness and rudeness. 
Let's not be rude. Let's, let's as, as Peter says, you're to have an answer ready at all times for those who ask of you with all gentleness and love. So we can be wholly bold without being brash or rude. We can be holy and bold by speaking the truth in love. And by the way, this isn't my opinion, it's God's word. Stop offering your opinions to people and tell them God's word. This is what the Lord says. If you don't like it, take it up with him. Could I encourage you? His name's Jesus. Talk to him. Here's the other problem with a holy boldness. You're not going to be liked. This is horrible to all of us Americans because everybody's supposed to like us because we're all special. We're the special ones. We're the special people of the world. We're America. We understand all freedom. We understand economy. We understand we've got the best of everything. Even when we score the worst, we're so proud of ourselves. We're so good. But we did really good. Cracks me up. Uh, I've had my fill. My wife and I have had our fill of watching cooking shows. And usually when someone gets kicked off the cooking show, their main answer is, I'm so proud of myself. Well, good for you, but you lost. <laughs> but they're proud of themselves. We got everybody going to hell, and they're so proud of themselves. We got people that marriages are failing, families are failing, they're depressed, they're anxious, but they're so proud of themselves. We have gotten to such a place of making sure everybody's okay that it in infiltrates our own psyche that the minute we think we won't be liked, Check your Instagram, how many hearts, how many likes? On your Facebook, did you get liked? Disliked? Huh, what I do to them? Do you think holy boldness even cares whether you're liked or not? Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they hated me, they will hate you. And if they don't hate you, I guess we're not preaching what he preached. Because the message is offensive. We are all sinners, all going to hell. But there is a Savior who through his love saved us. And I'm here to share it with you. So folks, to be holy and bold. Let's not be rude, but let's be bold. Let's encourage. And you will not be liked. So I've talked to a number of people in this past month who are really excited they're, they're stirred. God has put a fire in their belly. They're, and, and they're calling me up going, I don't know what I'm doing, but I am so on fire. Yeah. And many times they're calling me back and they're saying, but what a backlash I got. I put a post out and someone, they all came on me. Or I said this to my family and they're all against me. And I'm here to tell you as I told them, there's a holy boldness coming on the people of God, but what comes with the holy boldness is an unrighteous anger. And so as you move in your holy boldness, get ready and realize people will come against you and dislike you. But don't let the fire go out. This is not about popularity. This is not about let's make Christianity pleasant for everyone. We're done with that. The 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the 2000s is over. Where we all tried to dress the church up to look like the world. 
We have the hipster church. We've got the mod church. We've got the new church. We've got all the technology. We can do everything like the world does. But there's one thing the world doesn't do. Preach the truth. We've adopted everything else from the world and put the truth in a trunk away. That's not right. There's a holy boldness that we have to have. So let me help you understand the tactics of the enemy. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. This is our holy boldness. Now, what's interesting about this verse, this is a King James, a spirit of fear. Many of us use that for anxiousness and being afraid of things. But that's not what this verse is about. Paul is telling Timothy, don't be timid. The word for fear here is timidity. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. In other words, he had to tell Tim, I know you're a young man, but don't let your youth keep you from preaching the truth amongst older people. I'm speaking to the young people here. It's time for you to have a holy boldness. Rise up and don't have timidity. Don't be afraid. Speak the truth to your friends, to your constituents, to to the people around you and to older people. God didn't give us a spirit that's timid. That's all he's saying. The Holy Spirit is not timid. The Holy Spirit doesn't go, Ooh, I don't know if I should say something because it might hurt their feelings. That's not the Holy Spirit. He then goes on to explain who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is dunamos. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken you, make you alive. It's power, power, wonder-working power. God gave dunamos in this Spirit, and He gave love, the compassion of the Spirit, to move so that people would get rescued and people would get saved. How many of you know when you're trying to rescue a drowning man, if you're not careful, he'll punch you, he'll hit you, he'll try to drown you too? But your love compels you to strangle them, to hold them in the word of God, to bring them to the safety of Jesus Christ. So there's power because of love motivating you and a sound mind. You know what a sound mind is? A reasoned mind. Reasonably understanding that if I don't speak with a holy boldness, these people will not hear the gospel. Wednesday night I came to church, there are three young men, uh, three young men, maybe 11, 10 and 11, out here uh, with their scooters and things, and I started talking to them, how you guys doing this and that, and they go, would you own this place? I go, well, I work here, and they go, well, what is this? I said, it's a church, and one kid said, what's that? I said, it's a church where people come and they worship Jesus. He goes, I don't know who that is. The other kid said, I went to church once. I know what a church is. And I started explaining to them who Jesus was, what the church is. And I said, come on in. I'm going to show you guys around. You want to see what's in here? Because I didn't want them to have this mystery of this weird, what is this? What is church? What is this? So I brought them in. And I took them into the sanctuary. I showed them. They were like, wow, this is awesome. You meet in here? Yeah. Showed them everywhere around so they got comfortable. They began to understand what's inside this building. Do you know how many people don't even know what's inside this building? Do you know how many people don't know what's inside of them? Do you know how many people don't know who Jesus is? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? God's spirit is not timid. 
He is powerful. His spirit is love. And he has a reasonable mind that says, if you don't know Christ, you're going to hell. If you don't know Christ, you're left to your own devices. All you have is what you can figure out in life. And there's one who is absolutely opposed to a believer who has holy boldness. It's the enemy. And when you move in holy boldness, the arm of the enemy is going to come against you. There's three things that the the devil will come against holy boldness. Number one, he will attack you. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. God will get you through it. So no matter what the attacks of the enemy are, you hold your ground and you stay bold even to the end. Remember, when you got saved, you were bought with a price. You are no longer your own. Your salvation meant you died with Christ. So have the boldness to be used by God any way he wants. And if the enemy's going to attack, let him attack. Number two, you will be rejected. That's hard for us to handle. We're all so insecure. But can I tell you something? You've been accepted in the beloved. There's no greater acceptance than Christ. And to know that your name is written down in glory. So whether you're attacked or rejected, that is what's coming to you as you move out in holy boldness. Put it in the equation. Expect it. So many people I know that are used, ask the people on the mission team. As soon as they sign up for the mission team, they get attacked and they get rejected. Now they go, I don't know if I should go on this trip. It's too hard. Expect it. Last of all, you'll be maligned, discredited, called a fool, called narrow-minded, weak. Can you handle it or not? And most of our shattered psyches can't handle it. But if we would understand who Christ is, do you remember the disciples didn't understand who was in the boat with them. And they didn't discern the feeding of the 5,000. They couldn't figure that. They couldn't get it. Till after the resurrection, when the Holy Spirit was in them, they took the bread and fed 5,000 and got them saved. They took the Word of God. So, I'm telling you, boldness is coming upon you. You can feel it. You know it. This is the day. This is the hour. Some of you have more boldness to speak against the coronavirus and the corruption of the government than you do to the beauty and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Something's whacked with that. Come on. Some of you are more interested in this political race than you are in saving souls. Something's messed up. Get on the right track, people. Stop watching your podcasts on how evil the Democrats are or how bad this guy is and get with the program of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. You will be attacked, you will be rejected, you will be maligned. But Jesus said this, blessed are you who people insult, they insult you when they persecute you, And they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know what Jesus says? Blessed are you. You know what that means, blessed? It means God's favors on you. His countenance is upon you. His grace and his peace are given to you. 
And what is the world going to do? Falsely accuse you, say all sorts of things against you, malign you, insult you. And they'll attack you and persecute you. This is the history of the church. And it's not the people doing it. It's the enemy. It's the devil. But the devil's defeated. I'm telling you, God has a way of escape in every situation. God will get you out of it. God will make you an overcomer. If you are not a threat to the devil, you are not reaching people with the gospel. God, I ask you, how much of a threat are you to the devil? Now, this might be reaching with the gospel person to person. This might be reaching with the gospel in the realm of prayer, praying people through, praying for God to move. Come on, let's be a threat to the devil. I conclude with this. This is how we triumph. They triumphed over the devil by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives as much to shrink back from death. We always stop at the first two. You hear everybody quote this. How do we overcome? Blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. How do we overcome? Blood of the Lamb, word of our testimony. What's the third part? I don't know. They don't want to know. So everybody wants to rapture out of this verse before the end. The end is you don't love your life even unto death. Why? Because my life is a precious gift to God. And if God wants to use it for holy boldness to burn so that others may see his glory, that's it. You'll never be bold if you're concerned about your own life more than the witness of Jesus. You will never have holy boldness. Oh, you might overcome the devil with the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony for your situation, but God needs a people who are bold to preach and you will never be bold if you're more concerned about your own life. So people, come on, let's get into this. Let's move into this. God is looking for a holy, bold people. And as Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. How many of you are ready to be holy and bold? Then get ready for being maligned, persecuted, right? And the enemy coming against you, rejected the arm of the enemy. Don't worry about that arm. Christ has defeated it. You present yourself through the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, and a holy boldness that you will give your life for Christ. This is what is going to advance the gospel in the earth in this hour, at this time. A church who is holy and bold, filled with the Spirit, filled with His word. And you will take the bread of life and feed the multitudes bow our heads. God, I pray for a holy boldness. I'm talking to people, Lord God, who, who when you would look at them, they're quiet folk. They're, they're usually the ones quiet in a crowd. They're not the popular. They're not the face that's uh, out there. But something's coming over them. It's the power of the Spirit of God that's not timid, but full of love, power, and reasoning understanding of what the gospel offers and what those who don't know him will end up in. So I pray like they did in the book of Acts, Lord God. I pray for a holy boldness in our mouths, in our guts, that we as a people will have a boldness to preach the gospel with love, with gentleness, not out of rudeness, but Lord God, a presentation for people to be saved and to meet Jesus. 
I pray for this anointing for Christ Community Church. I pray it for the church universal. That holy boldness will come upon us. This is the hour. This is the day for the church to rise up. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.